So we're going to spend a few minutes kind of finishing a conversation about giving. And I know the title of the lesson says your confession, but the reality is that's what Paul connects to our giving. Because our life of giving is truly, in essence, a confession of the gospel of Jesus. And, and I know, you know, when we think of the word confession, we always seem to want to align it with the process, the process that we have become accustomed to when we bring someone into Christ, hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. That's kind of how we equate confession because we, we, we seem to think it is more of a part of that decision that a person makes in coming to Christ. And, and that's all well and true, but there's another element to confession that I want us to look at this morning that Paul specifically talks about, and it's our life of giving. It's the example that we set in our lives in giving. And so Paul goes into some great detail here, and we're going to look at that this morning. So he says this, and I want to remind you of what we've looked at earlier. Paul says that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I just, I'm just going to have you raise your hand. Does anybody else in here believe that besides just me? Three of us. All right. I was hoping that every hand in the church would go up because we've been talking about this for a few weeks. Um, I believe this with all of my heart that God is able to supply all that I need so that I would have all that I need in every good work. Now, personally, I think the key to that verse is the last expression so that you will abound in every good work. See, I'm not sure God is that interested in giving us all that we need just so we can have the house that we want or the clothes that we want or the car that we want or the income. Or so. that, That's not what it's about. But when you and I determine and set our hearts and our minds toward doing good work in the community, doing good work for other people, doing good work in whatever way, with all of my heart, I believe that God will provide all of those needs. I have never, ever not had enough money or enough resources, whatever you want to call it, to do good work. It's never happened. There's one situation. This was, this was probably the, one of the most remarkable things I've ever experienced. Years ago, I took a group of people to Mexico. We were going down. It was Christmas. We were going to stop in Ensenada and purchase a bunch of gifts and wrapping paper and everything for the kids. So we stopped in a dollar store in Ensenada on the way south. And, and there were like 14 of us that got out of the van or the church bus, and we went in, and, they, and I said, okay, just go in and get presents for all the kids. And, and the kids were like, well, how are we going to know what to get? I said, don't worry about it. Just get presents. Just get a buggy and get what you think we're going to need. I said, and somebody take it upon themselves to make sure we get wrapping paper and tape and scissors because you don't have tape or scissors at most places in Baja, Mexico, and the churches. They just don't keep that kind of stuff around. I said, so somebody make sure you get that. And so sure enough, we go in and we fill up like four or five sh these little mini shopping carts, you know, on wheels. We fill them all up and we're all standing in line and, and we get up to the register. And in my crazy broken Spanish, I said, you know, total bien, uh, um, um, something about parame, whatever. I said, somehow I told her and I explained to her that I was going to pay for all this stuff. And she starts ringing this stuff up. And man, she was meticulous because she didn't want to miss anything. So, she, I mean, she rang up all of this stuff. And the kid said, well, Mr. Bush, she said, Mr. Ed, because the, the kids called me Mr. Ed. <laughs> That's just what they did. For those of you who are laughing, I know you're old enough to remember the Mr. Ed horse show. Yes, yes. Well, Burr's coming back later. But anyway, the kids called me Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed, do we have enough money? I'm like, I promise we have enough money. 
And I had like $275 in my pocket that I had earmarked for purchasing gifts on that particular day. So, and nobody's counting. You got to understand this. We're just filling baskets. Nobody's counting how many gifts we have. Nobody's counting anything. And we get up to the register and I have like $275 in my pocket. And I promise you, sure as I'm standing here before you and the good Lord who's watching this sermon, we spent $274 and some change. And nobody's counting anything. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I've never not had what we needed for good work. And I don't know how to impress that on you any, any greater than to challenge you to believe it is true. And even test God in it to see if it's not true. Because he will provide everything that you need for the good work that you want to do. He will. He will always provide for the good work because that's his promise to us. And it doesn't stop there. And this is the amazing thing about what God will do for us. It doesn't stop here. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. I'm proud to tell you and stand before you today that we now have like 14 tomatoes on the tomato vines. <laughs> and they're still green, baby, but we're waiting on them to grow. And they're getting larger as the days go by. I repotted them this week. I don't understand what happened, but I put the tomato plants in white clear buckets and they were turning white. The leaves were turning white, so I put them in black buckets. I hope they turn green again, but I think they're going to make it. But God will supply what we need. He who supplies seed to the sower will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That is what he promises to do for us. And yet sometimes we sit around clenching this stuff just as tight as we can hold on to it because we're so afraid that it's going to go away. And I'm talking about this stuff, this green stuff. It's money. I don't even know how much money I have. I'm counting up. I have $65. It's more cash than I've had in two weeks. And I didn't even plan this. This is seed. Now, some of you don't believe that, but let me tell you a secret. This is seed. That's exactly what this is. There's not a single person in this room today who's, who's a farmer as a full profession. Now, some of you may have little vegetable gardens, and you might have a tomato and a plot like I do on the boat, but you're not farmers. We don't plant seed and, and raise crops anymore, those of us who live in South Orange County. So we have another kind of seed. Guess what it is? It's called money. And God will take this and he will multiply this. He will give you more of this. But do you know why he gives you more of this? So that you can do more things in the name of God and in the name of Christ. He doesn't give this to you just so you can go out and, go and eat out more. He doesn't give this to you just so that you can go do whatever it is that you want to do to have fun. He gives, us, he gives you more seed so that you can plant more things in the world so that there can be a greater harvest. So what are you doing with the money he's given you? I'll tell you what some of us are doing with it. 
We're opening this thing up, and you know the reality is some of us don't ever even see cash anymore. But we're holding on to it like this. We got our fists wrapped around this thing so tight we can't let go of it. Reminds me of a story I heard a long time ago about a monkey. And they put a banana in a jar. And the, and the opening of the jar was just, just large enough for, get, for him to get his hand in the jar. And he put his hand in the jar and he grabbed that banana, but then he couldn't get his hand out because his hand was in a fist and he couldn't get it out. And he's walking around banging the jar all over the place, trying to get to the banana and he can't get to it. And he didn't know that he had to let go of it in order to eat it. Well, let me tell you a secret. Sometimes you have to let go of this. You can't hold on to this very tightly. You have to let go of this stuff for it to ever come back in the form of more seed. And unless, hey, let me tell you a secret. If you don't plant the seed in the ground, how many, how many harvests of new seed will you ever get? Zero. You get zero if you don't plant. You get no harvest back if you don't plant. So God doesn't stop there. He says, look, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is amazing. I mean, this is truly amazing. God has said, look, I'm going to supply all that you need for every good work. I'm going to not only be the, the supplier of the seed, I'm going to even give you more seed if you plant. And then you'll be enriched. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. See, I'm telling you, man, Paul just kicks us in the teeth all the time with these words. On every occasion. Well, good luck with that. Because, see, we don't want to do it on every occasion. We just want to be selective. We want to be selective. We just want to give it to a couple of little things that we kind of like. We have our pet projects. We all do. We have our things that we want to do. But we don't want to just reach out to anybody and everybody for anything. We want to be selective. That's not what Paul says, though. That's not what God says. He says, God will enrich you in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. So when are you given an option not to be generous? Some of you are laughing because you get it. You get it. There isn't an option. You and I don't have options to not be generous. We're told by Paul that the Word of God says, look, you have to be generous on every occasion. Praise God is right. Now, that's not easy for us. Let's just be honest. It isn't easy because we just keep holding on to this stuff. And we don't want to let it go. Because we're afraid if we let this go, we won't get any back. Or if we let this go, we won't have enough money to take care of what we're supposed to do this week or next week. Dude, we're tight. We are tight. We hold on to this stuff like it's the be-all and end-all of everything. And let me tell you something. This ain't nothing but a bunch of seed. And if we're smart enough to let it go, it'll come back to us. There's a verse of Scripture somewhere in the book. You tell me where it's at, because I know you're going to know where it's at. It says something like this. If you give, it will be given back to you. Thank you very much. See, before I could even get it out, the brother's telling me Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38, if you give, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. But what do we do? 
oh man, I cannot let go of this. This is the last $65 I have to my name. I have got to buy gas. I have got to eat lunch. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. My wife has got to go to the sewing shop to buy more fabric. I'm telling you, man, that's how we think. I gotta, we hold on to it, and we hold on to it, and we hold on to it. And the longer we hold on to it, the longer we restrict God and hold him back from blessing us. And I'm not saying give away all your money so you can be blessed by God. I'm not here to preach health, wealth, and happiness. That's not what this is about. This is about you doing good work in your community. This is about you doing good work for people around you. And it's not even about the offering at the church. None of this has anything to do with the offering at the church. This is about how we live our lives. Here's where it gets really fun. The performance, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. You see, it's amazing what happens when we serve people. Some of you have done what I'm going to describe, but it's amazing to me what happens when I walk into a McDonald's, and I I don't go there often because... Just don't do the food very well. But when I go into places, and sometimes when I'm in certain cities and certain places, I know where there are people who haven't eaten today. I know that they're there. And I go there on purpose. Because I know when I walk in the door, there's going to be two or three or four people that haven't eaten that I'm going to get to feed that day. And I do that on purpose. Some of you are crazy enough to do it too. But here's the most amazing thing that happens when I go and do that. Invariably, Without exception, they'll say, thank you. And most of them will even say this, God bless. Now, why is it that somebody who doesn't have three nickels to make 15 cents with can say, God bless you, when he or she receives food or drink or some some nourishment, why is it that they can do that? And we hold on to this stuff so tight that we almost have white knuckles. There are expressions of thanksgiving that come out of the mouths of people when we give. This service by which you proved yourselves, because of this, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. You know, it's interesting. We chatted a few minutes in the Bible class this morning in the adult class about our lives being a living sacrifice, our lives being a living example of what Life is supposed to be for a believer. And we touched briefly on the fact that there was a time in history when most of the people couldn't read. And they didn't have Bibles that they could read. We do today. And we read the Bible, and, and that's all, it's all good, and it's important that we study and, and those things. But there was a period in time when people couldn't read. And the only expression of the gospel of Jesus came either from the words or actions of someone that they knew. And I'm inviting you to join a new revolution, if you will, and start living in such a way that people see Christ living in you and doing things in such a way that people see the presence of the Spirit of God in you and start doing things in such a way that people know that there's something different about you. And you're not just like everybody else that walks the streets and just turns their head the other way and ignores the people that are needing something 
You and I need to be a church that shows the love of Jesus. You and I need to be a church that understands that this little green stuff that we call money is nothing but seed. And this is what God gives us to plant. And if we'll plant this seed, He'll bless us with even more seed to plant. And if He gives you more, by all means, you better plant more. Because that's what God does. And all of this is an expression of our confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many of us in this room, on the day, whenever that day was in the past, when we stood before a church or a group of people and were about to be baptized, someone asked us this question, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And so many of us said, yes, I believe. And we may have said it in another way, but we said that. And we confess before men and before God in heaven that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, let me tell you a secret. You planting seed... You doing something with this stuff right here in the world around you is another way for you to say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And He has blessed me with so much that I have to give it away. And I have to bless you. And you cannot outgive God. There is no way that you'll outgive Him. He will keep blessing you and He will keep blessing you, and He will keep blessing you, and you'll do more things, and more things, and more things, and it'll get so so overwhelming that we'll come into church, and there won't be any time for a sermon. Because all of you will be telling stories about what God is doing in your world and in your life. And He will be blessing you so much that you'll just have to tell us. And we'll just start out with the song of invitation. Anyone who has a story, just come on up. And let's hear your world. Let's hear about your life. Let's hear what's going on in the world around you because that's where God is living. Maybe that should be a service in the near future. Brandon, you listening? He's jumping up and down in the back. That would just be cool. So, are you willing to be a living expression of the confession That Jesus is the Christ. The obedience that comes from giving allows people to see your confession of the gospel of Christ. I think sometimes that we think that people come to Christ because of what we say. And in reality, people come to Christ because of who we are and what we do with them. There's an expression that I've begun using, and I'm going to share it with you now. It's just that true relationships come from service, and service leads to true relationship. And service through relationship is what brings the greatest joy that any of us can have in our lives. When you and I step out of ourselves, when we step out of our comfort zone, when we're willing to let this go and to hand it off and to give it to somebody else and plant this seed so that it can be used in someone else's life in some other way that maybe we've never ever even imagined could be used, all of a sudden, wow, look what God is doing. And Imagine the stories, imagine the experiences that we're going to have as a church when we understand truly that relationship comes through service and the greatest service comes through building relationships. 
Thanks be to God and their prayers for you and their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given to you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. And the reality is, it is indescribable. When you and I go out into the world and we start living this way and we start giving away and we start planting seed in the lives of other people, we, no one's going to believe it. Nobody's going to believe it. They're not going to believe the stories. They're not going to believe all the stuff that's happening in your life. They're going to look at you like, what is wrong with you? I can't believe you did that. But you have the story. You have the experience. And nobody can take that away. And that will change the world. It'll change your world. And I promise it'll change somebody else's world. So your confession of the gospel of Christ is important. Hugely important. Because as we live that confession, we bring people to a knowledge of who he is. So I invite you, whatever you got, plant some seed. And know, without doubt, that God is the provider of seed. And he will provide more for you to sow more. So that you can have more seed to plant. So that he can provide more for you to sow so that you have more to plant. And it's this endless cycle that never stops, but changes the world. Brendan is going to come and lead us in this song. I invite you to stand as we encourage one another and as we sing the song, How Great Is Our God. Understand that God truly is great. He can do great things through us. He can do great things for us. But you and I have to be willing to let go and give it to Him and to give it to those around us who truly our need of being served. I invite you on the journey. Come back with a story next week. Brandon, lead us in the song. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And all tries to hide it trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and oh see how great how great is our God Time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God is three in one. Father, Spirit, Son, the light and the Lamb, the light and the Lamb. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and oh, see how great, how great is our God, how great is our God, 
Oh, see how great.